Hi, this is Netta Laurene from SmackDown, and you're listening to Freeform Rock Podcast. You are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast with Mark Alden Taylor. What? The Freeform Rock Podcast with Mark Alden Taylor and nobody? No! Somebody, me, Lee Gerstman, why aren't I on that thing? I want recognition! Is everybody in? Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Hi, oh, Mark. Good. How you doing, Paul? Excellent. This is my right uh, my uh, other podcast host, uh, Lee Gershman. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Lee. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Doing yeah, all right. I can't, I can't say right his on. name right, but I can say Sinsnack and uh, Kenestrachi right. I just can't say his name. <laughs> well, it's, Gers- it's Gershman. <laughs> I know. I just can't say it. I go Gershman. Can- <laughs> Can, can you say Chaim Vitz? Can you say Stanley Eisman? Stanley Eisman. Can you say Peter Chrysocola? Peter Chrysocola. <laughs> I think I have a problem with S's. I'm, I'm, I'm rattling off the, the Kiss band, the, the real Kiss band member names. Chaim Vitz. <laughs> Gene, Gene Simmons is Chaim Vitz. Chaim Vitz. You could Dude. do, hey, hey, um, Mark say Lost Man. Lost Man. Okay, Dude, now instead you, of loss, do Gerst. Oh, God, I don't want to get into No, this. no, just do Gerst with a Gerst. T. Gerst. Gerst with a T. Gerst. Go, go Gerst. Okay, okay. Oh, and, and that, Gerstamon. All right, all right, all right, right. Yeah, you did it! <laughs> all right, so as long as you did it at least once, I don't mind if you don't do it again the next hundred times. On that, on, that, on that metal station, I say your name. I don't think I say it right on there. I go, hey, check out the Freeform Rock Path podcast with uh, me and Lee Gershman. <laughs> hey, that, that 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 was good enough. When I don't think about it, it works. <laughs> yeah, just, just as long as it sounds more like my name instead of Lee Gershman, that stupid asshole. Man, <laughs> you know, as long as it doesn't sound like that, I'm cool with it. All right, man. Well, we have a guest on today, man. Tell, that sounds tell fair. Us who the guest is. He's already talking. <laughs> hey, Paul. Is it Paul La Plaza or Placa? La Placa. Yeah. Oh, La Placa. okay. Yeah. Placa. Hey, Paul La Placa. How are you doing, buddy? You're from you're from the group um, October Thorns. Yes. Yeah. That's my old band and my. Oh, current, okay. Yep. My current band is is Drift into Black. Drift okay, right on. I didn't even hear them, dude. You didn't send me any of that. You, you sent me October Thorns. Mm. And I was listening to you guys on uh, Well, I was only Amazon. A... Yeah, we're not on Amazon yet for the uh, the Thorns. That's off of Dive, Dive Bomb Records. And they're handling all the distribution and planning what goes out when. Cool. And this is okay. gonna, an old band. We can talk about it on, on the podcast. I'll explain it. 
All right, uh-huh. that's cool, man. Well, I wanted you to talk about your bands before we get into Kiss Alive and your Kiss story. Okay. But we need, Lee needs to hear some of your Kiss stories. He haven't heard them. He wants to hear the dirt. <laughs> oh, there's 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 a couple. <laughs> okay. Um, you need to give him the dirt. Let, let me. I mean, I let I, me I know when you want to start. Like, I mean, all I'm we, saying we is start, we are starting, yeah. man. We're going. <laughs> oh, we're starting recording. All oh, right. Yeah, man. we're going, man. <laughs> yeah. What I'm saying is. I don't always want to hear the, for the hundredth time, oh, they were so professional and so nice, and that's it. I mean, okay, I, I heard that before. I don't doubt it, but but if someone's doing a podcast and they're explaining this guy's going to give the real info and that's all they've got, well, do better next time, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I think. Right. Yeah, well, I, I definitely think the, uh, the the truth is important. Mm-hmm. And if the truth is, hey, they were really cool. Yeah. That's important, too, because you know, a lot of times yeah. you, you get a bad reputation. And it's nice to hear, like, you know what? He, was, he wasn't that bad. But I, I can give yeah. you a lot of truth without yeah. saying, you know, it's good or bad. It's just like, this was my experience. We okay. were out road with them for nine weeks straight and we had some uh some interesting times <laughs> huh. yeah, so man, i guess you know for me the uh, the 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 biggest thing for us you know i went out with a band called zo2 and that featured the brothers z paul and dave uh zabladowski and dave was my bass player in my band october thorns that we're going to talk about later so okay. when october thorns broke up and dave went with his brother um, in ZO2, they hooked up with their manager, um, who was good friends with Paul Stanley, hmm. and they were able to score this 2004 tour opening for Kiss and Poison. Uh-huh. So I was asked to join as strictly as a technician, and one of their songs, uh, Dirty Water, has this outstanding string arrangement from Mark Wood uh, from Trans-Siberian mm. Orchestra, which the mm. bass player David also played with. So my idea was like, okay, you're playing in this song. I'm going to bring out the keyboards and I'm going to play on stage, you know? And so I, I brought it to rehearsal one day and they were like, what's that for? I'm like, just play Dirty Water. And they'd never played it live with the strings mm. before. So they were blown away and they were really excited. And they're like, oh, hey, you want to do that on tour? And I'm like, oh, yeah. So <laughs> I warmed my way on stage for one song and I got to... Um, you know, got to go on the road with them and basically do a lot of the uh, the driving and a lot of the setup work. But I was able to, you know, play on stage for that one song. And uh, Paul Stanley's guitar tech, Fran, went home for his child's birth and he was gone for two weeks. Mm. So for that two weeks, I played the part of Paul Stanley's guitar tech as their um, their crew band sound checked the stage. So I got to play Paul's guitar and sing into his microphone. That's cool. For sound check for two weeks. So that was r- just ridiculously cool. And then another Trans-Siberian Orchestra connection, the light designer, uh, Brian, also did TSO. So we got to be close with him out at the light board, and I got, got to press the kiss sign one, one show. I was, you know, doing the big kiss sign. So that was a blast. And the other guys in the band got to do the, um, you know, they got to go up on the wires that Gene flies on and, and Paul Stanley's ride on that wire um yeah. dave z got to go on so we have a lot of privilege um cool. access to 
the band and the crew and stuff. Um, one of the coolest things was we got to sit in on soundcheck every day and watch oh. them do their soundcheck. So, so Kiss doesn't, you know, they've been around for a while. They don't run through their own songs. They run through songs for fun. So they played a lot of really old, uh, almost unrecognizable, like blues songs and just very un unusual things. No cool. real Kiss songs during soundcheck. And we just sat there with our jaws dropped because, you know, Paul Stanley's ar arguably not one of the best guitar players in the world. And he's always been mm -hmm. in the shadow of Ace, Ace through Bruce Kulick. You know, he, he was never considered a lead player. But watching him do sound check was an eye opener because he can really play. And he plays really tasteful blues. And it's just like, I had no wow. idea. I mean, never heard him do that. Like, yeah. So that was, a, you know, an extremely cool thing. So some okay. of the things that weren't so cool. <laughs> let me let me yeah. get a drink. But, but right, first, yeah, we're drinking too, I was man. I was going to ask though. I don't know what you're Jim, drinking, but I'm drinking some whiskey. I think Lee's drinking some vodka. No, and I too vodka. early for me for whiskey. Uh, not me. But um, <laughs> um it's a Saturday. Gonna... I'm off. I'm drinking. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. But uh, hey, did Gene come out in his robe though? <laughs> Sound check. I have to put he, in my. That I saw that picture. He never did the sound check in his robe, but I saw him many times afterwards um, in a robe and his makeup half sweated off getting on the, uh, like a, a shuttle van to the hmm. hotel. So that was always funny because, you know, he, he'd just come off stage in his full outfit and then you see him like with like his hair up in a bun, his makeup's all smeared and he's like in slippers and a robe and you're like, holy shit, that's Gene Simmons, you know? <laughs> um but Gene, like the, the first time I met him, it was really weird because our manager was talking to him. He's known him for a while. And I was just keeping to myself doing the, the band set, set up. Yeah. And I was nervous. I'm like, this is one of my, my heroes growing up, but, you know, since sixth grade. And uh, finally, the, the manager introduces me and says, Gene, this is Paul. He's our, our tech. And, he, and I shook his hand. And I, I guess I was a little too excited. And I shook too hard. And Gene was oh. like, whoa, whoa. You're going to hurt me. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but was he a nice but guy? With Gene, oh. Not like Gene really took, he, he took Paul and Dave under his wing because they're, they're both Jewish kids from Brooklyn. Okay. So I think he really felt a sense of like big brother, father figure to these, these cats and was yeah. really, really good to them. Okay. Um, with me and the rest of the guys it was it was as if he never took off the makeup like i would bump oh, into him okay. backstage and it would be just me and him and he yeah. never dropped his persona he was always well what are you doing here and he always had the gene face yeah. on and I, that was disappointing to me because i was like i thought maybe when i met him backstage he would drop it and he didn't um, oh, so that was okay. weird and Paul is like, Paul is nice, but he is painfully shy. And he's just really oh. kind of soft-spoken. And when you meet him backstage, he's just like, hey, how's it going? Like, he's just really, he put it all out on, on stage. He's kind of like Freddie Mercury had the reputation of being 100% yeah. on, on stage. And he left his whole body and soul on stage. Yeah. Paul's sort of like that. Where off stage, he's much more um, subdued and gentle and, and, and quiet. But uh, when you say that, guy, okay. No, go ahead. I was, your question. I was just going to say, but when one you second, say. Guys, one second, one second. Hold on. Go ahead. All right. Um, 
Okay, um, Paul, um, would you say that even though Paul Stanley was more reserved and maybe not quite as, you know, personality-wise offstage, would you say that at least with you, when it came to just being genuine or a real person, would you say he was probably more like that with you than, than Gene was? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I'm not saying anything bad about Gene, like, oh, oh no. he was mean. Uh, I'm he, saying he, um, he could have been like a waiter, reason. like, like a waiter. What do you want, sir? And, yeah. and, and professional. Yeah. Kind of. Well, my, oh, my, yeah. my vibe with Gene and, and my arm Car, armchair psychology with him as you know he, he was a jewish brooklyn kid that was in the comic books so yeah. draw your own conclusions of, of yeah that kind of kid has grown up because that was me you know and it's basically okay to grow up like that and marvel superheroes become your you know your fantasy and that's what he he's yeah. this larger than life superhero but deep down inside you you always feel like the uh, unwanted um, outcast geeky kid or whatever so I feel like that's that's part of his personality that he's overcompensating yeah. for yeah. whatever he felt growing up with whether it was um, you know racism anti-semitism or just being yeah. you know a geek you know and a comic and kids that are into comic books aren't usually popular so <laughs> my my vibe with him is just like dude you know it, it, you can drop the act but I feel like he's yeah. Always, always overcompensating for whatever slights he felt he had growing up. That's just yeah, armchair psychology. Yeah, and I agree right. with that because I was a kid that was bullied in school, so I understand where Gene's coming right? from. Right, I, I yeah. think m most Kiss fans can relate. Uh, we have, we have a tendency as fans to be kind of you know the outcasts. We're not the popular kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like uh, I know Paul, him and his ear. It's horrible right <laughs> it's like he didn't he, he had problems because he didn't have a full ear lobe or something like that oh he right yeah he definitely yeah. had some some bullying for that yeah i forgot about yeah. that yeah i i didn't even i didn't know that during the tour so i never looked for it so i didn't see if he yeah had a, a gimpy ear i didn't know <laughs> yeah did he get that fixed I, i'm not sure. i don't know i yeah, think he I did. did i didn't pay attention it's not like he can it. hear from it but yeah, he did at least get it fixed so that it right. looks like a regular year now. Nice. Yep. So Paul, do you have yeah. any bad things to say about Kiss or? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's definitely the the negatives. Um, Gene Gene has a real problem with bullying, um, and his um, his tech, this guy named Spike, was just miserable. This cat was not happy ever, um, and Gene would just do things like he, he would he would go to put his towel on the uh, the holder on the microphone stand and intentionally drop it on the floor, and then motion you know to the side of the stage for Spike to come out and pick up the towel. And uh, we heard you know stories over the years that Gene had spit on him and thrown his face at him and just really really awful awful mm. bullying behavior and this guy kept taking it for you know it was a, I, I don't forget how much he was getting paid maybe two grand a week or three grand a week something where the money was good enough to take the abuse but this guy was just never happy and we, we didn't find this stuff out until like the 
mid-tour because the first week we met this guy and we're like oh it's so cool the spike you know he's the one that says you wanted the best you got the best and he's you know so we were kind of cozying up to him and one night we were um, we were invited to you know the manager uh of kiss you know doc mcgee uh told us we could go into the band's dressing room and have their leftovers so the crew meal was kind of catered and the band meal was is gourmet like really good stuff so we yeah. went in there and we were all, all hanging out and we were like you know first second week on the tour we were like living the life you know we couldn't be more excited we're like kids in a candy store we're we're eating the food that kiss ate and spike comes walking and he's like well what are you guys doing here this is only supposed to be for kiss crew and we said well doc said we could have so he's like oh okay so after mm-hmm. we left so, uh, curiously yeah. that dressing room got trashed and Spike blamed it on us. So hmm. our our band manager talked to you know Kiss management and let him know what was going on. But at the same time, yeah. he's like, look, we we over we overstepped. Even if Doc McGee invites us, we can't um, chain of command. We can't cut protocol. So we yeah. we made sure we never went in the, the Kiss dressing room again. But that was ugly, yeah. ugly, yeah. ugly, ugly, and that could have gotten us thrown off the tour just because this guy was miserable and he had an axe to grind we could have been the the chopping block so that that was probably the worst thing that happened um did you ever um get a chance to talk to him and ask him about stuff spike yeah 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 we talked to him a lot even even after that incident like we still tried to make nice and and be good to the other crew guys um so we we, we heard stories well, we just heard stories say, oh, from him directly about yeah. how he had been abused and how how bad it was, and we would ask him, "He's like, why don't you just get another job?" He's like, "The money's too good." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he appreciated the fact that 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 he was able to tell you about this? I mean, did 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 he ever no. act nice, or was it more like he was just very angry all around? Yep. I don't think oh. he took any any pleasure. Oh. And and like being able to lighten his load or or, or you know bear his soul to us, he just liked complaining. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so okay. Anybody that was around would get the same story. Fucking Gene, that a fucking. <laughs> oh, okay. Did you ever meet Ace and Peter? No, unfortunately, uh, um, they they were not on on the road for that. Um, and in the in the years since, I think um, our drummer Joey Casada from ZO2. Um, may have met them both. Uh, Peter Chris actually wrote the foreword to his book, and I know mm-hmm. Paulie Z um, has been—he's been doing a lot out in LA over the last 10, 15 years. So he may have met them, but I, I don't know. Oh, okay, that's cool. Well, let's talk about your bands, man. And we'll, well let me finish kit. up the Kiss stories because I right. got a couple more. Go for, go for <laughs> it. Okay, and, and 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 while you talk, I'll I'll, I'll do a lot of drinking. <laughs> All right, me too. All right, go for it, Paul. Well, one of the other cool things, you know, you, you hear the the stories about Gene's Polaroid book, and he eventually brought it out, you know, backstage. We were all hanging out, and he used to like to come out and tell road stories and everything. So he brought out this book of Polaroids of all the girls he's had over the years on the road. So we were really excited to see this. We're like, wow, Gene Simmons' book of naked girls that he's had on the road. But let me tell you, Gene Simmons is an equal opportunity fucker. There's no one uh-huh. he won't sleep sleep with so mm. we you would see your occasional pretty girl in there but he would sleep with like the hotel mates he would fat ugly 
you know, oh. any, any, any color of the rainbow, he would have, he, he would oh, have man. in this book. And it was like shocking on one, one hand where you're like, oh, I thought you were a rock star. I only thought you had sex with models. And it's like, oh, oh, you just like having sex with anyone. And it was like, wow, that's yeah. really crazy. But then, you know, the rumor was, you know, Gene's actually a germaphobe, and this book is just him taking naked pictures, but he doesn't really do anything with them because he's, he's freaked out by germs. So who knows, oh. like, there's different rumors that were going around, like, that picture book is fun, but it's not real. Mm. Um, but then if you see him on TV with his wife, Shannon, talking about, did you ever cheat on me? And then he kind of hems and haws at the answer. So, like, I don't know what to believe. It's like, it's a very, yeah. it's a privileged thing to see that. And to hear all the different stories, but I would never make a judgment on, I don't know what the yeah. truth is. It's just, all I know is I saw the pictures and it was, they're all Polaroids and 90% of them were scary ugly where you're just like, what the hell? Oh <laughs> my then God. But then you're like, yeah, you're it's like, you love women. That's all. It doesn't matter. You just um, love having sex with women. So I'm like, great. <laughs> it's like um, Tommy, I, Tommy Lee said, two legs and a pussy, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, I agree that that's great, but for me, I would say, uh, keep your shirt I would tucked very, in. Well, I, I, I do like that, but 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 I mean, other than that, I would say I would gladly avoid a hundred opportunities if they were repulsive. Oh, yeah, but me, you know. Yeah, maybe, there's some fat chicks with pretty really faces, man. <laughs> you know, I have. Yeah, as long as they have a. What I'm as long as they don't look, as long as they don't look like a bulldog and slobber, I'm okay, man. I think. <laughs> I, 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 I think we're indicating that that maybe some some of the pictures had that look. <laughs> maybe. I, I'm I'm telling you that there weren't many baby pretty girls bulldog. in there. Period. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> oh my God! Man, again, these these I'm, kiss I'm these respect. kiss nerds are gonna love yeah. these stories, Paul. <laughs> I, I'm res I'm respectful of the fact that um that he he didn't um he didn't uh, have standards. <laughs> I am so surprised that Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro from the Decibel Geek haven't got you on their podcast yet. You know they're like kiss. Freaking nerds, it's like man. it's better to have no standards than false standards, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Well, maybe his standard is uh, every woman is beautiful. That's how I chose to look at it. Every well, woman is beautiful. Yeah. As long as she's you know? in the same room. <laughs> and, and, and she's not a cardboard cutout. Or oh at my least God. not at right? first looking like it. Well, Lee, you have, well, a, his... you have your cinnamon doll, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's actually peppermint. Peppermint. But don't you? What's your blow up doll's name? Malibu Barbie. I also have Malibu Barbie, but I, <laughs> um, I can't find her right now. She's on the shelf somewhere, and I have to look for her. Wow. This 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 took a left turn. What ha I'm lost. What happened? Well, this is what this podcast <laughs> is. I just does to man. Have a couple of dolls. Yes. Now you're not talking about the Japanese life-size pillow. No, no, no. Are you? Um, Those kind of dolls. marry a pillow, did you? No, no. I, I, I can't find any of them yet. But I mean, I'm just a small little, <laughs> small little dolls. Oh, bad. All right, little dolls. Okay. 
All right, what's well, the other no, story, Paul? Small is my thumb, but, 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 but small. Um, there was a, a really, really cool day where um, the band was out playing wiffle ball, and Joey Casada, our drummer, is actually a brutal pitcher. Like, you, you don't know what you can do with a wiffle ball until you see this guy. He, he could make this thing do... Um, curves and drops and things like you, you just you, like what how how are you making a whiff ball do this so we're out there playing and Paul and Gene came up and we invited them to play with us and they came up and took an at bat and it's one of the craziest things where you're like I'm playing wiffle ball with Kiss and Joey would not let up Joey was like I'm not gonna underhand it to him so he was just like wailing these fastball curves at them. And I can't remember if they, if they would have been able to hit it. That's not, not, Joey's very competitive. We're like, Joey, you're getting get his kick off, knock it off. <laughs> oh, man. But you so never... I think that those are the uh, the highlights. Like, those are the, the big moments for us. Um, yeah. I can't what else. Like, we, we all tried to, to do the pyro. We wanted to set off the bombs, and we were like, no, 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 we can't do that. It's against the law. And um, our bass player Dave, uh, the late, late Dave Z, was just a complete poon hound, and he'd be out. There. We, we literally had the cops backstage because he was mm. he last seen with a, a 17 year old that disappeared. So we almost oh. went to jail for that. And we're like, Dave, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know. Last time I saw her was you know two hours ago, and she was off mm. somewhere else. But it's like you got to card these girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we, did, we, we didn't we didn't know like the first two or three dates of the tour um we were allowed to go to the front row with our passes we had backstage passes and we could go anywhere so we would go right to the vip section and stand in front of the people that paid like 700 dollars for a ticket yeah but we could get like they're ready to kill us we always went down front and dave always always went for the prettiest girl and started wrapping them up and started mm. you know grinding on whatnot and gene would get so pissed stop and start nailing him in the head with his guitar picks and finally the um guitar tech from poison fast tommy came up to us and he was like listen you guys are new you've never did done this before but here's your pass and if you don't have this sticker on your pass that's for the poison girls and this star here that's for the kiss girls like if you don't have these two things don't even look at the girls in the front because they've been they've already been They've been tagged. Like they they already got a sticker on them. Like you have to have a star or a green circle. The green was for poison mm. and the star was for kiss. So it was like, don't even look at the girls because they belong to the bands. And we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> That's fucking weird. I can I where, weren't the kiss guys married? There should be a sticker on some of them saying, Whoever will take me. Yeah. Now the kids guys were married. Paul definitely was, was was happily married. He actually had his kid out on the road for a little bit. Um, his kid was a total prick, by the way. Oh. He was a miserable. He was a piece of garbage. I don't know what he's like now, but I couldn't stand this kid. I he don't like his music. So awful. if his music is as bad as his personality, I want oh, nothing to do with it. Oh, he does music too because last I heard, he went to film school at NYU. <clears throat> but at the he time, makes he makes Avril Lavigne sound heavy metal. I'll put oh, it like that. <laughs> anyway, go on. I forget. His, I think his name's Evan or something. But he, yeah. he was out and he was hanging out with Bobby Dahl, the bass player from Poison Son. And that kid was was really sweet, really nice kid. But cool. Paul's son was trying to talk him into like punching me or, or something 
huh. stupid. Like I overheard him whispering, like he was trying to get him to do stupid shit. And I looked at him. I was like, I don't care whose kid you are. You know, you'll be dead in a ditch somewhere. He's like, oh yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah, they'll never. I said they'll never find you. He's like, they found Lacey Peterson. And I was like, like oh yeah. shit, this kid's smarter than he. <laughs> and then I'm biting my tongue. I was like, I'm threatening Paul Stanley's kid. That's probably not a good idea. But I was ready to strangle him. I was like, dude, they won't find your body. He's like, they found Lacey Peterson. I'm like, oh shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> Dang, Paul's kid sounds like a douchebag, man. <laughs> he, was, he was. I don't know how he turned out, but at the time, I did not like him. Oh, oh my now, God. Gene's kids never made it on the road. But I wish I would have met them. But here's a really, really cool story that. I forgot. When I was 13, my mother took me to see Kiss in, in the third row on my birthday on the Dynasty tour. So I'm in the, you know, I'm in like 14,000 people in Buffalo, New York, and she's the only adult, hmm. you know, in eyeshot. So of course, Jean notices her. And my mother, you know, rest her soul, she was a larger woman. She was a big Italian woman, right? Okay. And he comes over to the edge of the stage and he loves locks eyes with her and my mom starts punching me in the arm and she's like Paul Paul he's looking at me and I'm like mom mom relax he's not looking at you there's no way Gene Simmons is looking at you like he's looking at me and then he comes up the edge <laughs> he really starts staring at her and she's she's starting to shake and he sticks his tongue out and he's Aah! doing the tongue at her just like Paul look what he's doing at me look what he's doing I'm like mom stop you're embarrassing me people stop and then he starts humping it at her, and he's got the spiked cod piece on, and he's just grinding his hips at her and sticking his tongue out. And I'm like, oh, Gene, that's my mom. mom. Oh, my <laughs> God. I've been waiting for this moment, you know, for 30 years, and I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call him out over this. So I waited until, like, the sixth week of the tour before I brought it up. All right. I, I'm sitting backstage, and we're all chatting, and there's, you know, the whole band and the crew's there. And I said, Gene, I said, I have to tell you, you you emotionally scarred me, and everybody stopped. It was like E.F. Mm. Hutton, where everyone stops to listen. And he looks at me, and he gives me the, oh, yes, and how did I scar you? And I said, and I gave him the story. When I was 13 years old, my mom took me to see you, you know, uh, in the third row. I said, and I, I, at this point, I got nervous, and I didn't want to tell him all the details. I said, you know, my mom took, to, took me to see you, and, and you were flirting with her from the stage. And he's like... If I was flirting with your mother, she would have known it. And then the, my band size, you know, big sigh of relief. It's like, dude, I thought you were going to get us kicked off the road. <laughs> I was like, his, his, mother is on, his mother's on the tour with us right now. His mother came out for a week. I'm like, I'm going to go hit on her. And I'm like, you bet. I'll kill you. Don't stay away from Gene Simmons' mother. I'm like, no. I'm going to plant one right on her mouth. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted some revenge and I couldn't pull it off. Oh man. Mm. Like their album Revenge, right? <laughs> Just like Alright, did you meet Tommy yeah, Thayer yeah. and uh, uh Eric Singer? Yeah, yeah we, we actually spent more time with them because you know they were more accessible. And Tommy mm. was a little a little he was wound a little tight because he had so much responsibility. Um mm -hmm. Oh, he wasn't as loose as Eric. Eric is a complete ball buster. He's hysterical. He's always yeah. cracking jokes. Very, very approachable. Very nice. And you know, Tommy is nice too. But he was—he was definitely. It felt like he was under more, more pressure. And on stage, Tommy was really bummed out because. 
because people just people weren't really warm to him. He would he would play a guitar solo and wouldn't people wouldn't even look at him. And I could see him. I could read his lips, and he'd be like, "Come on!" <laughs> he would nail this yeah. solo perfectly, better than Ace could play it, and still people would wouldn't give yeah. him any real love, you know. So I feel I like he to, uh, wasn't on. happy the time i was gonna say i i heard him in the cover band he was in cold gin and my word really i really think that if cold gin came around to my area if he was in it and they were the way they were i would go to that more than i would go to a real kiss show because they yeah. played it great, they were that and good. and and I feel like if I they heard. have to replace any two members, replace Paul and Gene with whoever plays Paul and Gene and Cold Gin, and have Cold Gin be the new Kiss. <laughs> I've yeah, I've heard really good things about that band, and that's the other cat from Black and Blue, right? Yeah, he was I, I, on. Yeah, the I, I think. They yep. were fantastic. I, think, I, I I've heard the same thing. I've heard that they were they were really really good. Yeah. What about that band Classic Seventy Eight? Have you heard them? I've heard of them, but I haven't heard them yet. Yeah, I, they do <laughs> new songs in the vein of Kiss. They sound like yeah, Kiss. That's awesome. You know, it's pretty cool. I I need to buy the album. But they're not available on Amazon. I gotta go to fucking whatever they have. <laughs> you know, just like your album, they're not available on Amazon. I like pre-ordering albums on Amazon because they don't charge me right away. Right. <laughs> you know, but uh, these other pre-orders like Bandcamp, they charge me like right then, and I gotta wait ten months to see it. I'm still waiting for my Slaughter uh, freaking uh, vinyl <laughs> that charged me two yeah, years ago. I think the the reason for that is so the bands can actually uh, do their production and get the mix and the mastering the way they want because it costs like 10 15 thousand to record an album and master it so if a band doesn't have any income those pre-orders actually pay for the the product oh wow oh yeah <laughs> oh that makes yeah. sense because I th- i'm I still waiting really for helped. the sli- slaughter uh album uh speak no evil <laughs> for the yeah. two years since i pre-ordered that shit they keep getting me updates but it ain't coming yet they should instead of calling it that they should call the album Speak no complaint to our um, distribution um, department because you're not getting the album yet. Oh my god. I've been waiting for that album forever, man. I'm like, fuck, when is it coming? (laughs) Oh man. You guys want to get. Let's talk about your bands, man. Paul, tell us about your bands, man. All right. So when I first moved to New York City back in 94. Um, I did the standard, you know, I, I grew up on Spider-Man and I grew up on Kiss. So, like, I grew up on all the Marvel kind of, um, the romanticism of New York City. No and Superman? the idea that the Village Voice, no, Superman, I did not like Ah, oh, Christopher <laughs> Reeve, man, come on. <laughs> Sorry. Batman, well, come on. The movies, the movies were great. The comic books were crap. Superman Compared comic Marvel, books? Crap. Oh, oh my shit! Come on! I love DC I like better Captain than Marvel. America. I like Captain I love America as far as a comic book. I love yeah, all comic. I love Marvel. I love DC, but DC is more darker for me. So now like it DC. is. Well, it's been that way forever. Yeah, I think D- DC. Yeah, for the you know after 
uh, after they killed Superman, which I thought was a great idea. And, <laughs> yeah. and after, after Robin got hammered by Joker, that, that was some dark shit. I, I appreciated that. Yep. Um, anyway, so when I got to the city, I really wanted to live that romantic uh, style of, I a- answered an ad in the voice, and uh, I got famous. I really wanted to follow in the footsteps of Ace and Peter and all that uh, great stuff. So I placed an ad in the voice, and I answered a couple ads in the voice. Um, I got to play with this cat, Von Elmo, who was really crazy, like from the no-wave scene at CBGB's. Uh, Max's Kansas City, very bizarre, very uh, uh, unusual guitar player. And then about two years later, I answered an ad for October Thorns. <clears throat> and um, it took them about two or three weeks to get back to me. And I got this phone call from Dave Pando, the founder of the band. And I was like, I'd given up. And I said, dude, listen, I, I answered that ad three weeks ago. I'm out. I'm, I'm not going to do this. That music I'm done with music. I'm burned out. And he's like, listen, let me just, let me send you this, the cassette tape. Just have a listen to it. I said, really, dude, I don't, I don't want to know. I don't want any, any, I don't want to play music anymore. And he's like, just let me send you mm. the cassette. So he, he badgered me yeah. um, to get the cassette. And I got the cassette about a week later. I put it in my player and within 10 seconds, I was on the phone with him as the music wow. was playing. And I'm like, what do I got to do? It was that good. Like just the intro alone had me hooked. And so I'm talking to him. I'm like, tell, tell me a little bit about the band. Who's who's in the band? He's like, well, guitar player is 16. And I'm like, shit. And he's like, the keyboard player is 17. I'm like, no. He's like, bass player is 19. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> and me and the drummer were like 20. And I was 33 at the time. And I'm like, I, oh, I don't want to do this, right? But the music was so good, I had to do it. So I went to the mm-hmm. rehearsal and just... I was blown away, and uh, we had two or three really long, hard years together. It was uh, really hard, really difficult with the age difference because they'd never done anything. And I was, like, desperate to make it before I aged out of the business. Like, dude, this is my mm-hmm. last chance. So me me and Dave were going, you know, headstrong. Everything we did had to be perfect. We're, all the promotions we're doing, and the other guys in the band are still in high school, and they could give a shit. You know, so it was a tough, tough time, but that's mm. that's how I got started in New York City to really start making some connections. And then our bass player really took off. And he went to TSO, he went to Joan Jett, he played with Jeff Scott Soto. And then, um, you know, with, I guess three, four years ago, he was, uh, he was killed in a crash when he was out with Adrenaline Mob. Um, they were in their RV oh, change of tire. And the semi truck swerved off the road and blew the thing up. So Dave Dave passed immediately, and their tour manager hung on for a couple months, just horrifying. Um, you know, and Russell Allen was out with them. He was singing, and that's the band that started with Portnoy, and Mike Orlando started it. Then AJ Paro ended up on drums, and then Jordan mm-hmm. Canada was on drums. Uh, Jonathan Mover was on bass for. Uh, a minute or two but just yeah horrible horrible situation and i really wanted to get this october thorn cd released before dave passed because he was one of the biggest uh, cheerleaders for the band he always wanted the band to make it yeah um we you know we recorded the six song demo 20 years ago and just never got around to recording the newer songs or even 
um, doing the, the the demo tracks over. We had two or three demo tracks that ended up on this release that were remastered, but we couldn't remix them because we never had the original multi-tracks. But we did have the multi-tracks for the first seven songs on this CD. So Alex Argento from a band called Icefish remixed and remastered all of that and then remastered the demos. And it came out just amazing. He really did an incredible job. Mm, cool. Awesome, man. All right. Should we get into the Kiss Alive album now? Why not? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, man. <laughs> Fuck, man. Yeah, I'm going to tell you guys the truth. I listen to Kiss Alive 2 more than this album. And since mm, you picked really? this, Paul, I listened to this album. I have some shit to say about this album. All right, and it might be good. Me. It might be bad. It might be really good. For you kiss nerds out there, or you kiss turds or whatever people call them. <laughs> yeah, if you guys know how Mark usually reviews albums, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to be like, uh-huh, I knew it. Oh, fuck you. Go, Lee. Mark. <laughs> well, this, <laughs> this Alive is the fourth album overall. The first live album, American Hard Rock Band Kiss. I think they were actually heavy metal back then. It's considered their breakthrough landmark live albums released on September 10, 1975, a double live album that contains versions of selected tracks from their first three studio albums, Hotter Than Hell, Dressed to Kill, and uh, whatever the other one was. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the Kiss debut, kiss. just Kiss. Yeah. The album was the homage to 1972 live album Slade. I don't really like Slade. I like are people you reading who come. Wikipedia? What, what are you doing? I'm reading from Wikipedia. That's I fucking suck. You're reading from Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, but I have my own notes from this. I have my own notes. I have my own notes. I just get the facts from Wikipedia and then we that, go off. You know, he likes to go and talk about Wikipedia. He's like a Columbia um, college Col student who they actually when I was sitting in on a class and they asked about David Bowie, someone had to actually go to Wikipedia to talk about hey, David Bowie because the they thing, were so young. Hey, hey, get, even know hey, who he was. So hey, bitch, talking, bitch, he, bitch, 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 bitch. I'm a casual <laughs> fucking Kiss fan. That's why. He likes Wikipedia for everything. I'm a casual Kiss fan. That's why. You're a casual rock fan. You're a no, fuck you! Okay, I know who. Foreigner? Isn't that a guy named Lou? Lou okay. Graham rules, dude. You Lou gave me. Is who? Lou, Lou Graham, Graham, man. Okay, Lou Graham rules. Did he get born? Where was his mother born? Where I don't fucking know. For fish? And Dude, talk about I, I only go to Wikipedia for when the album was released and when it was certified and what they did. And but I talk, I talk about my opinions on the album. My opinions yeah, is not for fucking Wikipedia, Wikipedia, bitch. You have to still do Wikipedia. It's like if you stopped Wikipedia, you could still. Everybody uses Wikipedia for the facts. <laughs> I don't fucking go into it in detail. Anybody. You're like everybody else. I am not like everybody. I'm yeah, fucking you're Mark. Like everybody else. You, that, that's why your podcast sounds just like everybody else. Because Fuck you. We don't do sound like everybody, everybody else. 
We did yeah, hot we poop, like bitch! We did hot poop! Wikipedia. Who does hot poop? I know, but, but you couldn't find it on Wikipedia, and you were looking for a very long time. Because I need to know some facts about the band. Why? I don't know fucking know. Rush, I don't need to go to Wikipedia. Fucking Kicks, I don't, I don't need, need to go facts. to Wikipedia. Because you're a right, bitch. Let, let him finish. Let him finish. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Mark, what do you have to All say, right. Mark? <laughs> I, I'm saying, fuck you, Lee. All I go right. to Wikipedia for the facts, okay, bitch? All right, Whatever. let's get to the first track off this Kiss Alive album. Deuce, Paul, what do you think about it? Um, I, I, I'm going to say... I, I'm not going to go track by track on this because I feel like this it needs to be taken as a whole. And we really need to talk about this album and the importance um, of the Kiss story. But you can go track by track if you want to. I will go track by track because I'm, I'm a right. casual kicks. Go for it. Kiss fan. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Chris acts like probably fucking shaking in his boots right now because he's a freaking... Big kiss, man. Him and Eric Camaro from the Decibel Geek podcast. And yep. Nate Atchison. All right, Big Bushy. All right, go ahead, man. What do you and think? Metal Mike. <laughs> All right. Metal Mike? I love Metal Mike. Metal Mike yeah. rules, man. So does I Big Bushy. I can be in the middle. I can be like, or I can say a sentence or two about what I think of each song, but, but not go as far as Mark will. I, I will go kind of like a Hey, I won't Mark say the Paul. same I won't say the same shit that I always say, okay? Bitch. Alright. Alright, go <laughs> All ahead, right. Paul. I, I think uh, a Deuce is a strong song. I, I, I like it. Um, there's a couple songs on this album that are clunkers, but overall I think they they picked a really good uh, set list here. So yeah, Deuce is one of my uh, my more more favorite songs than some of the others. What do you think about it, Lee? Yeah, well, I don't like this better than the studio version. The studio version is better, and I think the live version sounds a little sloppy, and it's not the best way to start an album that is supposed to start with a bang. It's not really bad, but I think it sounds mediocre here. What do you mean sloppy? Sloppy is what we want to hear with a live fucking album, dude. And they fucking they went in the studio and fucking put some I fucking knew it. shit the into same this. Thing over again, sorry. No, Wrong. but what do you mean I'm saying the same thing over? I'm a fucking casual kiss fan. I'm not a fucking a kiss nerd everything. or a kiss tard. You're a I'm casual giving you everything. A... Twinkle, twinkle, little star. You heard it for the first time last year. Sorry. I'm giving you my honest fucking okay. opinion, bitch. Sorry, sorry. I'm I, I'm an asshole. <laughs> Fuck you! You're an asshole, bitch! The reason why I'm talking like this is because I'm a fucking drunk asshole and he has to keep... I'm fucking drunk too, bitch! Don't give me your shit! I'm sorry. Deuce! You're you're cool, you're cool. Is this live or is it Memorex? Well, shit! Yeah, I am married. This shit... (laughs) This is shit to start down as a... I mean, are you uh, we no, we're not married to each we other. I sound like like. In fact, if some of my relatives, if their wives and husbands acted like we did, it would have been a hell of a lot better. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, man. This has a lot of injury. Makes me wish I saw a kiss back in the day. Man, Peter Chris is kicking some ass on the drums. Gene sounds great. Yep. Awesome. 
For a casual Kiss fan like me, this fucking kicks ass. I like it. All right, cool. can so, I, um, let me jump in here. Let me jump. All right, in. jump in. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna go uh, blow by blow on this, I want you to know some things you might not know as a ca casual Kiss fan. The first three albums did shit. They didn't sell hardly anything at all, and they were given only $15,000 in advances for these three albums and no royalties. So KISS has been out there, and they're not doing a thing. Warner Brothers, when um, Casablanca Records did their, and I'm reading this from Wikipedia, because I, I like to get the best. <laughs> so, you bitch, but, so you bitch at me about Warner Wikipedia and didn't use it. Fuck right? you. <laughs> I, I'm admitting it. I'm admitting this. I'm, I'm doing a little fact searching. Warner Brothers was supposed to be doing the distribution for Casablanca, and when they saw Kiss perform, they dropped the bomb and were like, Get, "Take your makeup off. We're we're gonna we're gonna screw your deal. We're not gonna distri distribute this stuff." So Warner was out of the picture, and nothing was happening. Uh, Casablanca Records was failing spectacularly. So as a last ditch effort they decided to record the dress to kill tour the third album third studio album and do this live album now to me the first three albums are completely lifeless i, I can't stand the production or the mix on these albums it sounds like something that you would do for an am radio band very much what it was super clean i don't like the first three albums i think they sound oh. like garbage I, they're too Damn. clean they're too pretty they don't sound like a, a real live band it's too, it's almost like um, Steely Dan. It, it's like, it's, it's, <laughs> I like, like Steely like Dan, that. man. Yeah, but the I like to them. me, the damn, damn, why, why, why did you get this guy on our podcast? Why did you get this guy on our podcast, man? He's showing his wolf colors now. Dude, Lee, you said this album was boring. You were pissed off at the selection, so fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. I like, you'll find when out what I think later. Yeah. All right, go ahead, Paul. When Kiss came out. The Kiss had had done nothing, but it ch charted, and, and and then um, Rock and Roll All Night became the single off this album, and that's what launched them. The live version of that song is what took them into the stratosphere. Yeah. So for years, this album—I <laughs> I know, but this is how they this is how they get started. Um, for years, the rumor was, oh, they overdubbed this or they overdubbed that, and, and they denied everything. They were like, no, 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 this is a completely live album. Well, the truth comes out 25 years later when people start writing books, and it turns out the only thing on this album that was live was the drums. They re-recorded everything. So to call this a live album is a complete, it's like Milli Vanilli. It's, it's bullshit. It's not a live album. It was recorded live, so you have the drums, but everything else is completely processed and edited and even the crowd noises are not authentic those are like it's like a laugh track not to say that that diminishes how how great this album is to me i love these versions of the, the songs i love the way it sounds the way it feels it feels very organic and it feels very real and i love 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 this album can i call you mark jr Mark Jr. <laughs> Fuck you, Lee. Because I you start, you, you're starting to be like him now. Damn it. Where's my side? <laughs> I'm overshadowed here. Dude, you're never overshadowed. <laughs> what do you think about it, Lee? Of what? 
I don't know. The album. What do you think? The album. Oh, the, the strutter. Album. Okay, okay. Deuce. Well, Did you say Deuce? Yes. I can tell you what I think of the album at all, if you want. No. We, we, yeah. Let's get to the next track because okay, we already. I'll, I'll just say. I'll just say I'm a Kiss completist, and I'm more of a fan. I mean, more of a fan than Mark is. I might be more of a less of a. Oh, I love alive, kissy kissy woo woo. Then Paul is, but I'm I'm, I'm kind of in the middle. <laughs> Dude, I am a I, casual I Kiss fan, man. You're a bit bigger Kiss fan than I am. Yes. So let's get to the next track, Strutter. What do you think about this, Paul? I love this song. I love this version. So what do you think about it, Lee? I like it better than the studio version but it's not one of my favorite Kiss tunes. It's a little bit poppy for my taste, but I do enjoy how they play it here. One of my favorite Kiss I songs... I opinion. I respect it. One of my favorite oh. Kiss songs, and better than the studio too. version. Kiss was a great band back in the 70s. Grooves, rules, maybe if they would have... You know, if I would have got into this band as a kid, I would have been a bigger fan. But fucking rush rules. <laughs> yep. Hey, you know what? Uh, you you probably knew of rush before I did. Uh, I I probably did, dude. Well, you know? let's get let's get to got to choose. Which um, yeah. Which one of you guys picked this song? Was you, Lee? I right? Did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you picked this song, Lee. So here's got to choose on a freeform rock podcast.
place hotter than hell. That was Got to Choose. Why'd you pick this track, Lee? This is the best song on the album. They totally make it awesome. The studio version is a slow piece of crud. So this is one of the songs I go to when I hear this album. What'd you think about it, Paul? This is one of my, my least favorite Kiss songs. Oh, I do God! like parts of I'm it. Sorry, I'm sorry. I like. I like. I'm sorry. I, I, I actually agree opinion. with you I'm about the song. So I'm song. sorry. I'm sorry because I actually agree <laughs> with you and I forgot to let you finish. I'm All sorry. Right. Drunkenly, shut up. Oh, I go on. It's one of my least least favorite Kiss songs, but I like the harmonies. Who's your baby? I think that's one of their stronger moments as a band. I love the way that works, but the woo-woo-woo, I, I just, uh, not not a favorite of mine. Oh, man. Well, I go, I love the crunch of the guitar. This is live with the vocals. Who cares, man? If they went in yep. to the studio, it has a live feel. Paul, Paul stage raps is cringeworthy, though. <laughs> That's all I got to say yeah, about it, man. You know, at the at the time, I feel like you know we can look back at that and say, "Oh my God!" But in the seventies, everybody was doing that nonsense. Everyone, and Paul's Ooh. always cringed at nonsense. His whole his whole crowd rap thing is, is horrifying. But I don't feel like he was any worse than than most of the people out there. They all did that that stupid shit. Yeah, but he was kind uh-huh, of yeah. like disingenuous with this stage rap so man it's well I saw them back in 1980 or 79 with Peter Chris and and I liked them I think Peter didn't play the drums as well as he usually did but I thought Ace Ace was so good It, 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 it was one of my top five favorite shows that I've seen Gene wasn't tuneful in his solo, but he was interesting. And I thought Gene and Ace were the two that did the best job. Paul was professional, so he did not at all sound bad at all. But he sounded like typically good. Like he didn't go over the top good, but he was still good. Peter, on the regular songs was pretty good. The solo for God of Thunder, though, I thought, eh, it's, he's not doing it quite as well as on the Alive 2 album. But, I did enjoy seeing their show. I've never seen let, Kiss let Live. You. What? Oh, I've never go. seen the Kiss Live, go. dude. Gotta go. You gotta go. It's one of the, the most unique things you'll ever see. They played the forum with Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer. I love Eric Singer and Badlands, the first album. But I didn't want to see fucking Paul sing fucking, uh, like, sync tracks, you know? Yeah, I I heard rumors. I heard rumors he was doing that the last tour, but his voice is pretty well shot. So it's... it's, got to see him before they go and that's the, the price you got to pay it's, he's lip syncing some stuff and you guys were talking about raps it's just whole, this is hysterical on the tour we did in 2004 one one of his raps he used to do was people every day you turn on the tv you turn on the radio <laughs> bad news on the radio bad news on the tv blah, blah, blah. and he goes to this whole thing and 
it was I forget what what war we were in in 2004. If it was Iraq um, or Afghanistan, because Iraq, I forget where we were. Afghanistan, but probably. One night he goes, he said, "You know what? And I hope these people, I hope these people go to hell. I hope they die and they go to hell." <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd was like, "Ah." And so he came up to our manager afterwards. He's like, "What do you think? Over too much, over the top?" And, and our manager was like, "Yeah, don't don't ever say that again." <laughs> it was like Cartman. It's like, "I hope you go to hell and you die." <laughs> was oh it before God. the song "Harder Than Hell"? That would have at no, least this kind of worked. No, but if it was this the song "Every Time before... I Think of You," then that would have been no. no. <laughs> it was um, it was God gave rock and roll to you and. It was their Lee Greenwood's, uh, you know, God bless the USA. They'd have a big flag graphic up on the screen, and um, yeah, oh, they they God. did a big USA kind of, kind of weird thing. Like um, I said, I'm a I'm a casual Kiss fan, know, but I love God gave rock and roll to you because it's probably because it was in Bill and Ted's fucking uh, bogus journey. <laughs> Okay, Mark, I'm going to pick a Lee yep. Greenwood album for us to review. Oh, fuck you. That's country, bitch. <laughs> no, I'm not that. Oh, my God. I well, I'm going to tell you what I think about Got, Got to Choose. Tell us. Uh, who picked this song? I did. Lee. Did I already Thank say you. we played it? Vlog me. Lee Gershwin did it. All right, here's Man. Got to Choose by Kiss from Alive Man. on a Freeform Rock podcast. No. <laughs> I already played it. I'm fucking you, drunk. I All right, well, let's get to the it. next. You have next. to talk about it. That's the thing. Oh, Got to Choose. All right, I love the crunch yeah, on the car guitar. This is this is live with the vocals. Well, who cares? Fact, it's great live field pogs. I'm drunk because I realize you already did talk about it. I'm yeah, sorry. I already did talk about it. Let's get to Hotter Than Hell. Yep. What do you think about it, freaking? Right, next uh, up. Next up. What do you think about it, uh, Paul? Again, this is one of my uh, least favorite of Kiss songs. Uh, don't care for it really at all. <laughs> what do you think about huh. it, Lee? I agree with the song, but on Alive... The songs I usually don't like on the studio albums, they make better on on Alive. And I, I, I can agree with that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and I will say that I always thought this was a filler track on the studio album, but here they managed to make it sound like a song I enjoy. I enjoy the live version. It's one of the better songs on the album. Yeah, the it's definitely better than the studio version. I agree. Yeah, the drums are groovy. Chris is in the pocket, and the rhythm of the guitars are great. Dean playing some cool bass lines, and Ace is smoking on this one. I fucking love it. Yeah, you know, it's fucking right on. I think it's, it's, it's the lyrics that that ruin it for me, and um, you know, the the Phantom version, rip, rip, rip and destroy. Um, I just yeah. I have a bad bad taste in my mouth over this one. So oh, what do you think okay. of what do you think about Firehouse, Paul? I like Firehouse. Firehouse is kind of cheesy, but um, it's a really exciting song live. It totally destroys the studio version, and it's really fun to, to see them. the The production live, like all, they add a fire siren and some spinning red lights, and it's such a simple thing to do for a live show, but it's so effective. It's really cool. Uh -huh. 
Paul comes out and a, you know a fireman's hat and got the the, the fire lights and um, the siren. I love it. It's a lot of fun. What did you think cool. about it, Lee? Oh, this is so much better than the studio version. It sounds good here. It sounds slow and kind of weak on the studio version. This yeah. is one of the better songs on here. In fact, I'm sorry I chastised you, Paul. You're really cool. We agree on everything, and you're really a rock star. <laughs> you know, you know. Um, 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 I'm, I'm so glad that you're on the on the podcast. You know, yeah. You're Lee right was, on, Lee was... You, 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 you have better. You almost have better opinions than me. <laughs> well, that that's Excellent. a great thing for Lee to say because he doesn't uh, respect other people's opinions. I I I go with the flow. Um, I, and and I and I switch like 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 a wind. Yeah, blowing man. blowing blowing a cattail back and forth. Dust in the wind. <laughs> All we are is dust in the wind. It's dust. That's well, this is the end of this is the, this is the end of side A. Firehouse. The drums are groovy. Chris is in the pocket, and the rhythm of the guitars are great. Genius playing some cool bass line. Ace is smoking on this one. This fucking song kicks ass to inside A. Fucking cool. I love yeah, the vinyl. Right on, man. All right, and then we get right. nothing to lose. Yeah. What do you think of this one, Paul? <laughs> well, well <laughs> again, not one of my favorite songs. But after hearing after hearing Gene explain that this is about the wonders of anal sex, uh, I like it a little bit more. Oh my God! What do you think about it, Lee? My baby, she she oh. didn't want to do it, but she did anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Oh my maybe, god. This is as good as the studio version, but maybe if I had to pick which one I liked a little better, I would pick the studio version, but I think this version is good and one of the better songs on the album. All right, nothing yeah, I, to lose. Do... Go yeah, ahead, Paul. The only Paul. thing I really don't like about this is Peter Chris trying to be so soulful. You know, he's he's trying way too hard hard to be like a, a bluesy you know soul singer and like, I, I think he kind of I think he's go to the back yeah. door ooh, baby go to the back door shake it for me baby let me it would never I disagree <laughs> with you both man I hate it oh, I hate his ad libs at the end <laughs> I say more cowboy please the drums are going off Chris man he is so fucking awesome on this track and you said he wasn't thank god genius like gene is singing this song it's not my fave but i won't skip it but i'm not a fan right. of chris chris's voice at all but this does rock but chris zinzak does a good job on the podcast chris zinzak does a great job on his podcast yeah so why 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 why, why are you saying that chris zinzak is a is a drummer of kiss I said Chris Peter Chris. I didn't say you Chris. You said Chris. I said Peter Chris, bitch. No, you said Chris, and now you're saying Peter Chris. You just don't want to use the word Peter. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to but Come I On and... think about Peter in that way. I'm sorry. Uh, you right. picked Come On and Love Me, right, bitch? Lee? <laughs> yeah. Well, so here's "Come on and love me" on the freeform I'm rock. I'm, I'm, I'm slightly sorry I did now, but 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 you can yeah, still use it. 
All right. Well, here's come on and love me on the this one. on the freeform rock podcast. Lee, why did you pick Come On and Love Me? Sometimes I like it, and I did when I picked it, but now it sounds tired, except for the last part where they got a lot. Managed to make the last part sound great, so I'll listen to it, but I won't always praise it. What do you think about it, Paul? I think it's poetry. Let me read you the poetry of this song. I'm a dancer. A romancer. I'm a Capricorn. She's a cancer. I think the song sucks. <laughs> I hate this song. Oh, fucking Aaron Camaro, Chris and Zach are going, fuck you, Paul. 
I mean, Paul LaPlanca. Well, we haven't, we haven't gotten to my picks yet. No, we haven't. You'll, you'll see. The songs I chose are certifiable, you know, classics. We'll see. I what are we on? Come on and love me? We are not. Now, <laughs> this rules. Paul's voice kicking ass. Why couldn't Kiss keep the sound and not go for the latest trends? I love it. <laughs> right on. And then we go to the next track. Which is uh, Parasite. Anybody pick this oh, song? Oh. Nobody picked this song. So, Paul, yeah. what do you think about this one? I love this song. This song is dark. It's moody. It's unsettling. Uh, I, I love everything about this song. What do you think about it, Lee? It sounds boring here. <laughs> I don't like how they mm. do it. The studio version is much better. They have a lack of energy here, and I feel tired after hearing it. <laughs> I'm going killer opening late. Did Nirvana steal the crunch from Kiss? The guitar sounds so dirty and mean. This is a killer track. I love it. So, fucky Lee, I don't agree with you on this one. Then we get to She. What do you think about this, Paul? She, when I was when I was a kid, when I was in junior high school, this song didn't. Um, it just felt weird to me, and it's like the lyrics felt weird, and I didn't like it. But I love it now. Again, this is dark and moody. There's something about the uh, the texture. You know, she walks in mood light, and just like I I love the song now, um, but not so much when I was a kid. What do you think about it, Lee? I half agree with you. I don't like the other half of what you said, but I like half. I I like the middle part, which was the original last part to the studio version of Let Me Know, but I think it's wasted on the song She, because I never liked the studio version or the live version, minus the middle part. It's a boring song, and I can't understand why people like it so much. Well, you're going to fucking I call me dum-dum on this one, then. No, I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm going to drink, and I'm not going to want to choke on my vodka, so you can say what you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, man, I think this is a killer riff to start the song. Although, it, man, it sounds so fucking cool. I love Chris, man. I really noticed that he was fucking a killer on drums, and I never really noticed that before. And fucking Ace is kicking ass on this track. This song rules. I love it. And then we get to the second vinyl, side C. Watching you, what do you think about this, Paul? I'm going to drink, so uh, talk a little bit longer than you ordinarily would while I drink, and then, and then I'll be <laughs> on. <laughs> All right, Paul, what do you um, think? Of a less, lesser favorite for, for me. I, I like Gene's performance on this, but the lyrics are kind of dumb, and it's a little stalkery, so <clears throat> I'm not 100% I'm not on board for this, but... It, it's it's okay, you know. It's not. I wouldn't skip it, but uh, not one of my favorites. What do you think about it, Lee? Are you still drinking? He's still drinking. He's still drinking. All right, you go. Now I'm done. <clears throat> um, All right, go ahead. If if, if, if if you at least give me a few seconds to swallow before saying he's still drinking, he's still drinking. You're swallowing, dude. That ain't cool. Monk, <laughs> monk amount of time, so at least Listen, in prison, try... in prison, you won't get any time. Don't drop the soap, Lee. Don't drop the soap. A little tiny bit of something. Never mind. It's all good. All right. Um, I don't know what you said, but I like it. Anyway. I said don't drop the soap. 
Yeah, yeah, okay. Anyway, um, this isn't one of my favorite Kiss songs, but I at least like it a little better on Harder Than Hell. On here, I don't like it at all. It's tired and filler. I usually skip this one when I listen to the album. Holy shit, I own this album. I never really, like, took the time to dive into it. I loved Ace before I... Ten-year-old, no, five. Never mind, five-year-old. I loved Ace before I knew who Kiss was. Love the blending of Paul's and Gene's voices on this song. This is American heavy metal, man. This kicks ass. The bass break with Chris going with those fills before the solo. It's fucking groovy. This is rust sounding at the end. I love it. Oh, go play with the dogs in the kennel while the rest of us go and. Listen to real music. Sorry. All right. Fuck you, Lee. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I'm a casual Kiss fan, and I'm giving them you're props. You're a casual everything yeah, you fan. You said that. <laughs> you're, you're, you're like like for a guy born in the year you are, you, you, you haven't heard music until 20 years after. Damn. Oh, my God. Well, let's get to fucking 10,000 years. What do you think about this one, Paul? I love this song. This one has a, a real galloping, rolling kind of beat. Um, I love the way Ace uh, comes in with that kind of really wide vibrato, and uh, it's it's one of my my more favorite songs. It's it's a lot of fun. And Lee, what do you think about it? The thing that makes this a highlight of the album is Peter's solo. For that reason, this version is superior to the studio version, but the song part itself is good on either version maybe the live version beats the studio version by a little bit but the studio version is really good too except for the drum part which makes this a hell of a lot better dang 12 minutes i'm going dang 12 minutes what is this a rush song gene is kicking some ass (laughs) on the bass slapping the bass man i love the double platinum version better but Paul sounds like huh. he is straining on this song. And it's like like people bitch about Paul now. But dude, this is their first live album. And Paul sounds like he's fucking having a hard time singing this song. Wow. Like, and I'm like, what the you're, fuck? Paul's been straining for years. <laughs> you're giving an astute opinion. Damn, I mean... Uh... You gave one of the most intelligent opinions of this podcast so far, man. I, I have to bow down and say I'm the stupid one. You're the smart one today. But right dude, on, man. Paul is straining on the fucking vocals on this song, man. Uh, so I don't think this was like peppered in the studio because his voice is like off. Uh, it's not the clean. Was so bad that the strained version is better. Who knows? Well, but Ace <laughs> is tearing it up on this one and fucking yeah. with Peter and Gene, Chris, Chris with that drum solo. I said this earlier. I never really listened to the drums. Man, this guy can play. Yeah. yeah. Fucking <laughs> I love this drum solo. Heard, I've actually heard, because they have tracks of it, I've heard the undoctored version of these songs. And I actually like them better. Wow. Well, Where did you well, hear that? 
Um, I'll be able to tell you. Uh, well, they're on YouTube, but but they're like from the same concert, but they're the actual concert tracks before they were doctored. Oh, and I, I find that. that I find that they um, actually um, sound sound more like like a real live band playing as right. opposed to um oh you have a little hair by your eyebrow let me wipe it away it's like no we're we're moving our head up and down who cares about hair you know what i mean kind of like that i hate that song hair <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking it's, hippy it's, dippy shit it's a play there's well maybe there's a song called hair but i think you just don't like the whole thing i don't like i agree song with hair. you but 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 then I'd, I'd have to get into other things that that it's it's going to take away from the podcast episode now <laughs> so so let's let 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 me stay focused but chris is a drum solo i i i never really since his drums yeah, KISS fans will have my head for this, but I don't care. Give him my honest opinion. Paul is so disingenuous with the stage rap. Yeah, uh, Paul don't get high and he don't party. But Ace and Peter should have said this because those fuckers uh, partied. You know, yeah. Paul doesn't get high. Paul doesn't smoke weed. Gene doesn't smoke weed. Peter and fucking Chris did. What the fuck is he saying? He don't get high? <laughs> I was like, fucking Paul, man. He's a fucking liar. <laughs> Let's get to the next track. <laughs> Black Diamond. You picked this, right, Paul? I sure did. All right, so here's Black Diamond on the Freeform Rock Podcast. <laughs>
Okay, Paul, tell us what you think about Black Diamond. Black Diamond is one of my absolute all-time favorite Kiss songs, and this performance to me is one of the best on the album. Um, I also am kind of hot and cold with Peter's vocals, but on this song, I think he is at his best. I love the grittiness in his voice, and I love the lyrics. Um, Kiss, in general, I feel like one of the main reasons they didn't get the critical um, support that they deserved is because their lyrics for the most part are shit. Um, it's dumb, <laughs> stupid songs about sex for the most part. Um, this song is uh, about, you know, being homeless on the streets. It's dark. Um, I'm guessing maybe Black Diamond is a reference to um, you know, black people in, a, in New York City uh, being homeless. I think that's what I'm reading into it. Um, and then that to me is a really powerful statement um you know being poor in new york uh darkness will fall on you and the fallen city and just everything about the song to me is just uh a really <clears throat> kind of a bird's eye view of what it's like to live in a big city and uh i love 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 the song what do you way, think I'm, about I'm, it lee not 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 that you you have to tell me but paul are, are you um in new york now or or, 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 or the East Coast area? I am East Coast um, until yeah, my son graduates from high school. And then okay, because I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm in New York myself. Because I'm, I'm in New York now. You know, so um, I, I just think that's really cool. I mean, I, I'm not saying yeah. that, that we'll see each other, but I mean, if, 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 if I recognize you, I'll go, hey, Paul. And then you go, who's that? And then, <laughs> then it will be like Peter Frampton, who saw... Gene Simmons um, in the studio, and Gene didn't have his makeup on, and he said, "Hey, Pete," and Pete Frampton said hi, um, and then he asked his friend who was with him, "Who's that?" And he went, that's Gene Simmons. And then Peter Frampton had never seen Gene without makeup, so he was like, "Whoa!" Wow. And then then his that's eyes went wide, amazing. and then Gene said, "Of course, it could have been because I was also wearing eight inch." Heels and looked about twenty feet tall, but I mean, you know, but anyway, um, Black Diamond. What do you think about it, Lee? Yeah, the original is a lot better than this. Ooh, I like the original oh, I ending. I disagree the song too. Slows down. That's one of my favorite moments on the first Kiss album when they do the like opposite that. Do that. and speed it up. On the live version, I feel it's a waste. It does nothing for me. <laughs> My God. Now, here's a Chris song. How I do you really feel? This is a Chris song. I do dig the vocals, and Paul Stanley starts it out. Oh, man. He just he doesn't sound like a I'll dime right store freaking Rod Stewart on this song. five minutes. He is kicking <laughs> some ass on this song, and fucking this song kicks you in the ass. I really dig. About five minutes, I'm gonna be right back. I'm well, gonna get you know what? I can do drinking. Well, Give me a pick, moment. Did you pick rock bottom, Lee? No, I'm, 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 I did. Talk, that was you. So we'll get into the next. We'll get into about five minutes. Oh fuck you, right Lee. Back. We'll get into the next on rock bottom that you picked, uh, Rick and Paul. So here's rock bottom on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
Okay, that was Rock Bottom. Why would you pick this track, uh, Paul? So in a very very similar way, the lyrics to this one um, are more realistic, more about um, you know personal struggle as opposed to dirty, stupid sex songs. So I love, love this song. Um, and I put Black Diamond and Rock Bottom on the same level. Um, just, you know, really great performance, really... I'll be sincere, there like you're talking about. <laughs> you talked about false. <laughs> One moment, and like coming across as being false and, and phony on stage. I feel like these two songs are are at the core of just being really heartfelt. Uh, I love it. One moment, I'll be right there. All right, so I'll give my review on rock rock bottom while you're doing your one moment. Uh, shit, Paul's voice is again straining, but it's not irritating. I bring this up because old okay, Kiss fans. Now. Okay, hold on, bitch. Uh, old Kiss <laughs> yeah, fans go off on his voice, but it seems like he strained back in the day. But it's not as bad. The song does kick ass, and I hear it's not as much doctored. It sounds live, and I love it. You know, cool. but Paul's voice is really kind of strained on this one. Like a thousand, like a hundred thousand years. So, what do you yeah. think about it, Lee? Yeah, about rock bottom. Well, I, uh, to me, this is as good as the studio version. But maybe if I had to choose which version I prefer, it would be the live version here. With that being said, I am not a fan of the acoustic beginning. I wish the song started with Paul's song. Ace's solo part doesn't do it for me. All right, and Ooh. we get we get Ooh, cold. blasphemy. Ooh, I like this song, but Paul's <laughs> voice does sound strained, like he sounds like he does now. So, uh, so what do you think about Cold Gin, Paul? I like Cold Gin. Uh, I, I think it's a, it's a little silly as a, a drinking song. Um, the lyrics aren't that serious, but I've always liked the Ace penned um, songs in Kiss because they were they're like gems. Um, most of the songs are Stanley Simmons, and occasionally when the Ace song comes through, even though it might not be in the same vein, um, sometimes they're always fun songs. Like you know, Cold Gin is a it's a party song. Um, I, I like it. What do you think about it, Lee? This is ten times better than the original, and it's awesome. The powerful sound of it is so good. It's one of the best songs on the album. It kicks butt. I agree with it, Lee. Killer rhythm. Gene's voice is perfect, raw, kick-ass rocker, live, kicks ass. You guys... Have you guys tried Cold Gin? I heard Kiss fans did, and it was really bad. Did uh, you guys try that shit? You I guys had, try? I've had gin room temperature. Does that count? I don't know. Oh, you gotta have amazing. But you have? Have you had it yeah. ice? <laughs> yeah, you, you, no, gin, gin and tonic. You don't yeah. drink gin straight. You have you have gin and tonic, and you have it with some seltzer. Well, the tonic has um, soda. It's like that's a really refreshing drink in the summertime, but you don't want to drink it straight. It's not like tequila. It's not like whiskey. 
You and your chasers, wow. bitch. I don't drink chasers. Yeah. I just drink whiskey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, a, a gin and tonic is uh, this summer. Trust me. Have a gin and tonic when it's really hot out. You'll be really very happy. It's a very refreshing it, drink. <laughs> I used to drink it more than vodka, but I found that when I drank gin, I got less um, energetic and I yelled less. <laughs> so, so now I drink vodka because it gives me a chance to be bitchier more often. Yeah, we need you to bitch, go. dude. It'd be boring if you didn't bitch. Uh, but man, I heard yeah. the like I said about cold gin. I heard the fans drank it and it was horrible. But fuck, man, the break <laughs> is amazing. Ace is amazing. Yeah. The band is firing all cylinders. This track is fucking awesome. The whole album might make me a bigger Kiss fan, but maybe. I don't think so, because I love Rush. But uh, let's get to the next song. Yeah. Uh, rock no, and roll. No comparison. I was listening to Rush today. I was listening There's to uh, Permanent group. Waves in my car. Love Rush. Permanent There's Waves rules. Rush that was from Buffalo, New York that um, was from like 1970 who I think is really really good and they did some cool songs and then later on the drummer was in a group called Gamelon which um, yeah, hey Gamelon I like man great. you sent me some Gamelon that's pretty some cool shit dude we need yeah. dude, we need Gamelon, to do a review I, of Gamelon I got huh? to see them when they got started. That's Reinhardt, Teddy Reinhardt. He passed. Yeah! Uh, wow, man, I'm so fucking glad you're in the show, man. Thank you. <laughs> oh, dude, I, and you were fucking bitching about him being boring, bitch. I always bitch. But anyway, um, <laughs> man, they, yeah, I, no, I, I, I was in a... Insane. Yeah, going, yeah. I don't remember him playing in a, in a band called Rush, though, because Buffalo's was right like, next to Toronto. So. Oh, okay. But, but yeah, um... 1970 they like had songs that they recorded but but ted reinhardt on youtube he has songs from a group called rush from like around the the early 70s that he uploaded on on youtube but yeah they're 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 with a vocalist and they were doing progressive stuff but yeah i was in a record store and I was looking for albums, and I heard amazing music. And I asked them, "Who's this?" And they went, "It's Gamelon." And so I had to buy it. Yes. They're they are so awesome, you know. Yeah, I got to see them when they when they got started. Um, they used to play all around Buffalo and yeah. Fredonia, where I went to school. And I got to see them almost on a weekly basis for years, like you. two years. Yes, absolutely. Because you're never going to find a more talented group of musicians they were george they were paleo fantastic. yeah on lead guitar just incredible lee yeah. i agree with you gamelon rules but they're not better than rush bitch but they're maybe <laughs> as good no maybe no. yeah no well, well, no well. rush is better rush is better bitch in your opinion that's okay in yeah my in my opinion, opinion it's okay in my opinion yeah, i think uh, and everybody else's opinion and in the world's opinion you're wrong the world's opinion thinks that never heard of gamelon the world's opinion yeah. heard of rush all right I've, all right i'm, I'm I'm, Next song. I'm sorry, Next I, didn't song. Mean it. I didn't mean it at this moment. Later, I will mean it. This well, let's get to the next song, which is Rock and Roll All Night. What would you think about this, Paul? 
as a kid, I mean, this this was the hit. This was the song. Um, I, I guess uh, it's grown. I've grown weary of hearing it because I've heard it so many times. Um, it's hard to say right now, like how I feel about it, because I'm I'm bored of the song. But at the time when I was in, a teenager, it was a fun. It's a party song, so it's like it's one of the one of their better well-known songs it was it's better than the uh the studio version and it's why it went to number 12 on the billboard charts thank you wikipedia and <laughs> <laughs> i get bitched up for I, using I, I, wikipedia this is a good good recording that's why i keep bringing it up i don't want you to feel alone yeah i hmm. use wikipedia just for facts and then i just go with my opinions later but uh lee what yeah. do you think about rock and roll all night all right before i get into the actual song on here I want to say really quickly that the first time that I had seen or even heard of Kiss was I was in a record store and I saw the album by Kiss called Dress to Kill and I was about like maybe close to or nine years old or something and believe me this sounds really weird but I didn't realize they were wearing makeup. I actually thought they had faces that looked like that. And it really freaked me out. And and I was like, I, I, I don't know why the scoop looks like this. <laughs> and then, then later on, uh, I how thought... How old were you? About like nine or how so. How old were you? Nine. Uh, right. Nine's okay. Nine yeah, yeah. And, or, and, or tripping on acid is fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I back then it was was just naturally weird times. But anyway, then I got a KTEL album that had a picture of the rock and roll over album on the front, but the song was rock and roll all night. And I was nervous and didn't want to hear it, but I said, I'll take a chance, put it on for a quick moment, and then right the first few seconds it was on, I went, oh, this is good. And then that's when I realized they were wearing makeup. It's like, for some reason, wow. it, it, it just seemed like, it because it, I had never seen anything like that before. And so once I heard it, I was like, okay, and then, so even though Dress to Kill, I would have wanted it to be the first album that I bought by Kiss. It wasn't because the only studio album I could find at the time was uh, Destroyer. And I could have bought Alive because that was the other album there, but the price was more expensive, so I bought the cheaper thing. But but yeah, wow. now, now for the wow. song. This is close wow. to how you, you thought I was gonna. You thought I huh? was gonna be boring. Wow. Um, <laughs> I didn't say that you would be boring. I just thought that you would be frustrating. Or, or, or did did I say I'm you would be boring? You said this album was boring. I, I, all right. Well, well. Um. Did Mark? Did you actually tell him ahead of time that I said that? No. I told him on this podcast. So was I the one who accidentally said it first? Yes, you said it first, and then I brought oh. it up on the podcast. 
Oh, okay. Well, whatever. It's like, like, like. What? I, I or maybe, maybe you oh, brought up in the name. Anyway, it's all good now, I guess. This is close oh, yeah. to how the studio version is, but I like the studio version better. It has the treble sound I prefer. I don't like the vibrating hmm. bass type of power sound for this song, but it's okay. I wouldn't skip it. Well, I think this version right, kicks fair. ass over the studio version. Oh, and and like most songs on this this album, it's freaking it has a lot of energy. The crowd is into it, but then is the crowd fake? Is it Memorex or is it live? Yes. I it's fake. Crowd's totally fake. Oh but my god. Really good editing. Really good editing. It feels real, doesn't it? It does feel real. It's like like if I was like it's a like kid big, big I heard movies. this album, I'd want to go see Kiss. <laughs> yeah, it's like fake boobies. Yeah. Does it feel real? Who cares? It feels good. Uh, I love fake boobies, man. Give me the fucking D cups. <laughs> fucking double Ds. I'm fucking good with that shit. Okay. Uh, my wife hey, has ben, real double Ds. Dolls, so 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 you know I'm I'm not gonna <laughs> criticize you on that. And it it just sounds like the band was hungry and you could hear it. And fuck, Chris is kicking ass on this song and the whole fucking album. I don't really care for Peter Chris's vocals, but his drumming is fucking amazing. I'm like, yeah. dude, this guy is underrated as a drummer. I love Neil Peart. Neil Peart um, is my favorite drummer, you know. Yep. I think Peter Chris, like, um, he got, he was the oldest guy in the band, so his technical abilities decreased and declined long before the other guys. So when Kiss was doing the reunion tours, they were doing a lot of drum triggers, and he just wasn't up to speed anymore. So I feel like he lost when the video world came around, and you could actually see them playing more and more and more. You could see he was playing very weak. Um, so I don't think he got his due because he wasn't able to maintain his um, his technique into his later years. Uh, I feel like if he was a stronger drummer at the end of his career he would have gotten a lot more props because he, he was a phenomenal drummer but you hear yeah. Peter Chris is playing with this one band in New York for a couple shows is he like uh, is he like revving up to go for the kiss final show or what's going on I don't know I, I would I would hope that that kiss would allow the, the original guys one, one last shot at the stage but I don't know if they're gonna let them come out in their makeup you know it's like a, it's really touch and go legally what they're going to do and whether or not they're going to pay yeah. them fairly so that's that's going to be we'll have to wait and see but it would be I nice to see them one like, last time all four of them in um on on the um gene simmons vault where peter came um it seemed like the reason he came to it was because as if to say well you owe me a vault, so I will go down to get it, and I will say a little bit to the crowd so that it looks good, but I'm not going to play. I'm not going to answer questions. I'm going to take the vault. I'll talk for about 30 or so seconds and leave. And that seemed to be what he did. But I saw on the footage 
people would stop him and say hi Peter or someone he did stop and talk with them and sounded genuinely friendly yeah. so it wasn't like he was being completely I don't want to talk to anybody but when Gene said on the clip that I saw Peter will answer whatever questions you have or whatever Peter said no and he shook his head and so Gene said okay and but what I heard was Peter was pretty much he wasn't really thrilled with Gene but he respected that Gene was going to give him a vault so he said I'll be the good guy I'll come and get the vault and I will act decent but I'm going to come in get it and leave as soon as I can yep. but I think that yeah, that was that makes sense. class I prefer that over yeah. the, the, the situation where even though it was decent for Bruce Kulik and Eric Singer and Ace Frilly to be at the show of the vault with Gene, but they were doing like oh my word, um just just the drumming and the 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 jamming was just like oh my word, um I've done better with with um my old band back in the <clears throat> early 80s and 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 even if we were just mucking around oh my word we we, we, we were at least um had a sense of what we were doing and 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 in the gene vault thing they were just like oh okay well wait wait a minute how about da 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 okay oh wait 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 okay bobo and then they just kept doing that and it was like they were doing this kind of like pretending they were trying to do a song, but they didn't even know what they were doing. And I thought to myself, I did not pay $2,000 to see this, and I'm not going to pay $2,000 to get a vault with a bunch of songs that are outtakes of a song that was unfinished to begin with as well as a lot of songs that were co-written with people, as well as demos of songs that he bought the rights for and didn't even write. And that's my opinion. Okay, I'm sorry, I, I just wanted to say that. Well, on this album, Stanley wrote most of the songs. If you look at it, it's mostly Stanley, 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 with like an Ace Fraley song with Parasite. That's and, uh, better than Gene, 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 hey, did, Gene, and I'm we, faking, I'm faking, I'm faking, I'm faking. Do we talk about Parasite? We, you can. Yes. Did yeah, we? Yeah, we did. We are, we, we okay, I'm just, I'm just making sure. All right, because I'm a little wasted. We're talking about <laughs> rock and roll all night right now. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, rock and roll all night. This is what I think about rock and roll all night on this album. Uh, this this really kicks ass of the you studio version. It. I already said that. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah I, I remember I, because you went so I, lonely I, I, I forgot where I was. Possibly, Peter, 
kicks ass and Paul's straining on this one. All right, well, let's get to okay, the last okay, song okay, of the album. <laughs> you know, Lee, Lee talked so long, I forgot where I was at. And then we get to let me, let me Go Rock rock and Roll. What do you think about this one, Paul? I hate this one. It's like a 50s song. <laughs> I hate it. Oh! All right. That's all you have to say, Paul? Fuck! I'm on a school. You see how I do it? I just say my opinion. It's one sentence and I'm done. You're done? Well, but we, need, we need to shit on something or give it, like, freaking props. you gave a, a, a Lee style opinion, not, not, not what Lee would say, <laughs> but at least you gave it in the way I would. So I yes. give you a half thumb up. What do you think about it, Lee? <laughs> it's decent and loud, and it will work if someone has a barbecue and they invite their drunken friends who are dropping their plates of chicken and drooling and trying to sing. But I prefer the studio version. It has energy, but it doesn't really move me that much. It represents the last song after the group is tired but still doing their best in order to close the album. So it's not bad, but I don't love this version. So maybe I'm not supposed to be as critical as I should have been with you, Paul, because I started to say almost what you said. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Thank like... you for staying the, staying the round for, 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 yes. this, for, for this, because... Um, I'm 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 fucked. I, I, well, I'm not fucked up, but I'm fucked good. I mean, no, I'm, 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 I'm you're and, fucked and, good. And, and, and it's and, and it's cool to have someone who doesn't um, feel sick after doing a review with me. Thank you. I never <laughs> feel sick doing a review with you, Lee. Yeah, uh, I think I. Oh, all right. All right, Matt. I think this is a fantastic live album, but uh, Paul told me the crowd is fake, so fuck this song, dude. <laughs> Chris is fucking oh, kicking ass on drums, uh, and Ace is the star of this song with Chris, but the crowd is not really a real crowd, so fuck this song, dude. <laughs> yep. Paul told right. me this it's crowd is fake. It's a little disappointing, but it, it's also uh, it's well done. It's, it's well done, you know. Well. I like Alive 2 better. Everybody seems to like Alive better. Yeah. I like Alive 2 better. It's well, just the songs are from a, a, it's a different era of the band, and so those songs are completely different. Um, the no. 70s version of the band definitely were riff-based. You know, most of the songs like She and Parasite, you know, they're very much on those low guitar strings, single note riffs. And then their older uh, mid-period stuff there, um, like Love Gun and, um, you know, some of the other big songs off Alive too. they're much more song-based, they're much more chord-based than 70s riffs style. It's just a, one, a different vibe for the band. The one thing I will agree with is that when I started to really, really get into Kiss and think of them as my favorite group, and they were my favorite group with Led Zeppelin, they were tied for favorite group. Um, was when I got Rock and Roll Over on Christmas and with the Christmas lights being red and then the, uh, um, the, the, the paper 
on the wrapping of the album was red, and then when I opened it up and I saw the 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 the, the rock and roll over cover with with the Christmas lights and the decoration being red and stuff, and it was a magical thing, and and then the music sounded orange red too. And I'm a treble guy, and I liked having stuff on treble, and and I heard it, and it was great. And then when I got Love Gun, me and my friends, um, I would bring my phonograph outside um, in the backyard. It was a, it was not the kind of phonograph you should bring outside. It was like a whole system. But I brought it outside, and we would plug it in and play basketball while we listened to Love Gun Full Blast live, and that was a cool experience. And that, that was my era of Kiss. That's cool, so man. I do like that version, but when Kiss Alive Two came out, I mean, of course, I bought it. Because I was kind of a completist, but I I didn't find the live versions extraordinarily better than the originals. I thought it was about as good as the studio versions to me. I disagree. Yeah, I totally disagree. Yeah, 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 you, you shouldn't disagree because, you know, I, I'm telling you what's right. Man, 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 you're starting to get me upset again. I'm sorry. What's right? Why do you disagree with Lee? I got to get this in. Because I think, I think even though these aren't live versions, they're re-recorded versions, I think they are infinitely better than studio versions across the board. I totally agree with you because the studio's versions sound like they're freaking no balls to them, you know? I'm talking about it live, too. It's like cheap trick. I want you to want me. You want to hear the live version, not the studio version, you know? Exactly. That version is not live. Forget about I want you to want me. Listen to Fuse. Listen to the album with Rick Nielsen and Tom Peterson called Fuse and then get back to me. Well, you need to send me that album because I'd like to yeah, hear so that. You, don't know, you, you guys don't know shit about music. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know shit. I know, I know shit about music. I know that when I put it in my hand and I feel that big lumpy piece of um, brown. <laughs> never mind. Oh, my God, right, man. Song in the well, album. Let's get moving here. Well, we already got to the last song and let me go. Let ro rock and roll. All right, we're, we're done, done man. <laughs> So let's get to our tracks of the week, man. And Paul, we're you picked. Dumb. I mean, we're done. And Paul, you picked your band, October Thorns, page one. You know, Why I was not? listening yes. to that. I I kind of got a Kansas and Saga Saga feel off Thank that album song. Yes, that's I have to honestly uh, tell you, I loved it when 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 I heard Thank your you. music. I absolutely believe it or not, when he mentioned October Thorns. Um, some of the growling vocals I wasn't mm -hmm. a fan of, but the other vocals and the music, it really actually blew me away. I really wow. enjoyed it, and wow. I think that very, very talented group. And and I'm not just saying that. I'm I, I mean, really, it was my type of music. 
That's all I want to say. Wow. Okay. I, I got a feeling. I got a feeling you wouldn't sugarcoat it, and you would tell me if you didn't like it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, he would tell you he didn't like it. He would tell you. I actually really, We give honest opinions. We don't fucking uh, uh, no. suck dicks here, man. <laughs> well, if Kate no, Moss, the model, was on my show, then I would um, sugarcoat everything for. So oh, you would lick her pussy, right? You know, uh, come on. Let's let's not get. You'd say, "Bend over, bitch. Let me lick your ass." Come I on. don't want you uh, to oh. keep her away from being oh. on my show, oh. but, but, <laughs> but 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 let's just say I would do whatever I needed to do. Okay, of course, you, you would. Yeah. All right, well, so the album is available on Dive Bomb Records. It's not available on uh, Amazon yet. Uh, the label is putting it out through their store, divebombrecords.com, um, and uh, I can get the link to you at some point. You should have right the on. folder with all the songs, so please look, listen to the whole thing. There's definitely some Rush influence stuff uh, at the end. Oh, I hear right. it. I heard it. Really good. You all sent me. I'll send Lee the links, too. Cool. Yeah, and if you ever want to use the music on your show, feel free. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm on that metal station every Tuesday night uh, at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern and uh, uh, 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. But I'm going to start like an hour earlier so I could get my East Coast friends on there on that metal station. I will play your songs on there, man. Excellent. I'm a DJ on I really appreciate now. it. And we have a video for this too out on youtube this video features our late bassist dave z uh doing an extended yeah. bass solo where he plays um plays billy jean with two hands on the bass while doing the moonwalk in his solo it's incredible oh, he was a real talented kid 19 years old one of his first uh first real big shows um we got the video right on nice man i i well, think you're very you very it's been a real pleasure hey yeah I, very I, I enjoyed um, yelling at all of you, and then I enjoyed the the episode, and everything was cool, man. Yeah, you're a very talented vocalist, Paul. Man, I enjoyed your uh, vocals, and uh, and then we get Thank to you. our uh, and then uh, Lee picked Procol Harem's uh, "Poor Muhammad," mm -hmm. and then yeah, I picked you probably Ari. Didn't even hear it, but no, cool. I didn't hear it. You know, I will hear it though. Come on, bitch. But, but, and then, but I, I picked it safely because I knew you wouldn't hear it at first. Dude, I will hear it. Fuck you. You know I hear it, and I'll tell you later. I was happy you didn't hear it yet. But, 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 but. And then I picked Ario Speedwagon because of the movie freaking uh, Detroit Rock City, where they said, this ain't, our, this ain't fucking Ario Speedwagon. This is fucking Kiss. So I picked. I love Ario Speedwagon. I love Ario Speedwagon. I picked the live what, version, 157 Riverside Avenue live. Yes! Oh my god, that's great live. And I picked the fucking decade decade of rock and tenure, you know, the decade of rock and roll version of it, not the live you get what you play for version, because I like that version better on a decade. So I picked that yeah, version. Yeah, decade's awesome. Yeah, so was I picked, it the studio version? Well, listen, one last thing before I forget, because I, I didn't get a chance to talk about my current band, Drift Into Black. Mm -hmm. This is a doom yeah. power prog, doom prog atmospheric band. Um, four album I'm on with them as the bass player. I'm not even doing vocals with this band, um, oh. but they're on Black Lion Records, and the video is coming out, I think, in a week for the new single, um, Angel of Doom. Okay. <laughs> I think that's it. Nice. Angel of Doom. You guys check that out, man, and uh, you need to send me some links for that, Paul, so I can it. check it out.
And then uh, we end with our Lee track, Slipping on Fish. What's that about, Lee? I guess it's about slipping on fish. What else I, needs to be said? Fish are pretty slippery. I don't like seafood, but yeah, I'll I'll listen to it later. But uh, we want to thank you, Paul, for coming on here, and you uh, just promoted all your bands. Is October Thorns yeah. going to do anything, or that's it? You're just with your new band. Uh, it's really hard because the guitar player now lives in Colorado, and the keyboard player, I believe, is retired from music, and the drummer works sixty hours a week, and our bass mm. player is gone. So. It's uh, yeah. It, it, I never never say never, but it doesn't look good unless okay. this album um, sells a lot and there's a demand for a live version of the band. I don't see it happening anytime soon. I hear you. All right, ma'am. We want to thank you for coming on here and also check out. Uh, I'm on the Freeform Rock Show on ThatMetalStation.com every Tuesday nights, and uh, then Lee has Lee Gershman show on his podcast, and I also have a Mark and Jerry BS sessions with Paul. You came on there with us, man. I want to thank you. We need to bring you back on there again because a oh, lot of people, a lot of people love that episode, dude. They said that was my Sergeant Peppers. <laughs> so, I, so I hope this is my Sergeant Peppers on this episode, huh? That sounds great. I don't know whether I should agree or disagree or, or watch. Well, you should go but, check that episode out because a lot of what, people... What episode is it? It's uh, Paul LaPlanca. He's on the freaking uh, Mark and Jerry BS sessions with me and Jerry so Super. It's just about, all about Paul. Yeah, it's okay. all about Paul. <laughs> okay, okay. That, that's easy enough to look for. You know what? Well, you know, know, like, yeah, he, he, he <laughs> takes that episode into a new direction. <laughs> And in fact, if he um, drowns, drowns you out so that you don't say anything, I'll definitely hear it. Oh, he totally drowns us out on an episode. Cool. We just right let him on. talk his stories like he did in the beginning of this episode. We want to thank you, right. Paul, and make sure and subscribe and check us out on uh, Podbean and uh, Apple Podcasts. And maybe one day we'll be on uh, Spotify. I don't know. I don't want them to fuck us under. Thank you, Paul, for being on here again, man. Thank you, man. Thank you both. It was a real pleasure talking to you guys. A lot of fun. Right on. Yeah, man. We had a whole a lot of fun, in, and the Decibel Geek Podcast will love this. By the they way, love I have kiss some stories. to ask you after after we say goodbye. Time. After we say goodbye, I, I have some to ask you, Paul. All right, Lee. Say so goodbye, man. Okay. Take care. Bye, bye.
them on the line I might as well tell them what's on my mind Because I didn't know how many more times my lady was gonna go for being interrupted like this You know what I mean? I mean, I've heard of coitus interruptus, but this is ridiculous Now, I'm a young man But there's a few things I know And one thing I know for sure Is that if you want to get through to somebody Tell them what's on your mind You got to speak to them in their own language If you really want to let somebody know what you're thinking, people The best way to do it is to speak to them in their own language It's easy Usually easy, unless you got somebody calling you up talking to you with their guitar, you know what I mean? So I thought about it for a second. Woo! Here's what I said. <laughs>
Just listen to the Freeform Rock Podcast. All music played on the Freeform Rock Podcast belongs to its owner. If you like it, go out and buy it. Get your music on Amazon, iTunes, or at your local record store. Support what you love. Support the artists by seeing them live. Purchase their music. The Freeform Rock Podcast is not affiliated with any of the artists or music that we play. Thank you for listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Until next time, stay free and rock on.